Well, good morning, church. Uh, I know you are like me and already are thinking, wow, I made the right decision to be at God's house at Connections this morning, right? How about turning and telling somebody how good they look right now? And then turn back and tell them how good God is this morning. That should be a little bit louder, right? We're going to multitask as the ushers are finishing taking up the offering. We want to uh, go to the, to the Word this morning and find out what God has for us. So if you have your Bibles or your devices or whatever you read on, uh, turn to the book of Acts chapter 1. That's the very first chapter of the book of Acts for those of you that, that uh, are a little bit, you know, slower. It's okay. It's okay. We'll help you through this. Acts chapter 1. And we're talking today in the second part of our, our study called Spirit Life. We're talking today about the power that God brings us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask first of all, did anybody read the book of 1 John last week for your homework? Let me see your hands. Man, got it. yeah, there you go. We've got some people that says, yeah, I'm going to follow through. So if you didn't, it's not too late. You can do that this afternoon. Five chapters. Uh, check out last week's message just to catch up and be reminded of some powerful things as we kick this study off. But this morning we're talking about power and we love power, right? I mean, let's not fool ourselves. We love powered tools. We love powered vehicles. Uh, how many of you remember back in the day when, when vehicles did not come with power steering? Anybody in here as old as I am? You remember what a workout that was? You didn't need to go to the gym, man. When you were fighting that steering wheel to turn left or turn right, it was a job to get that vehicle turned. Now you can turn it with one finger. Now you don't even have to drive the car. You can take a nap, put it on self-drive from what I've heard about some of these fancy cars that people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on, and it'll just drive you where you want to go. Now, that would be nice to catch up on some naps. Got to be honest with you, but could you sleep while the car was driving itself? I don't know. But power, we love power. We're a world that loves power. We love power with, that comes with position. Maybe, maybe the owner of your company named you manager, and, and all of a sudden you were the boss. You were the one that were in charge, and you had some authority, which equals some type of power. And I have to admit it. I love power drills. How many of you ever just cranked on a, a screw and just, just kind of wore your arm out because it was, it was such a, a tight fit getting it in that wood? And, man, a, after you spent about 10 minutes doing it, you're like, wow. A nice drill would be really good right now. I could just whoop, whoop, and it was done. I mean, we love powered tools and, and, and think, kitchen. You know, you got a power mixer. How many of you remember whooping that stuff by hand? And after a while, man, that, that arm just gets, gets a little worn out, but you got that powered mixer. You just press a button and, you know, you just sit back and watch it and wait. I mean, we, we are fascinated with power. We even have a volcano in the room this morning. You check that out over here to my left, your right. Isn't that an amazing sight? And from my understanding of it, it's going to erupt every night at VBS. So you don't want to miss that. Bring your kids. All you big kids come be a part of that. But, but the power that's involved with God's nature and planet and galaxies is beyond our comprehension. So as we continue in our Spirit Life series on who the Holy Spirit is and what He does for us today, we turn our focus to the fact that He is our power source. So if you're taking notes, write that down. The Holy Spirit is our power source both for living the Christian life and power for serving and ministering. So I ask you as we start today, are you living and giving in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit in your own life? 
One of the greatest events in the New Testament was called Pentecost. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit did more to transform the spreading of the gospel than any other single event. These believers were filled with power after Pentecost, yet so often many misunderstand the nature of this power. The church today still needs this great gift that Jesus promised and delivered on to his followers when he ascended back to heaven. This promise of the Father to be endued with power on high, we desperately need as God's people. So we're going to look at one verse today, and that's Acts chapter what? Chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus tells us these things. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to where? The end of the earth. And what Jesus promised, he delivered on. And all of them, as we read later on in this, this book, were baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and spoke with other tongues. Yep, I said it. How many of you just felt a little bit nervous right there when I said that? Well, you shouldn't, okay? Get over it. It's a part of the gifts of God that we're going to look at in the next couple of weeks. They were all baptized with the Holy Spirit, spoke in other tongues, and don't miss this. They went out and turned the world upside down. Now, let me ask this question. When is the last time we've ever even had a ripple effect on the world that we live in? I mean, think about that. As God's people, as Christ followers in this room, and if you're not, you can be today. It's just surrendering your life to him. But those of us who are and have already made that decision, when is the last time we've even caused a little ripple, much less a tidal wave of God's transformation power in the lives of those around us? And that's what we're going to look at today. Because that's what we are called to do. A few years ago, one minister of the gospel said this, and man, it just grips you. He said, and I quote, though every believer has the Holy Spirit through salvation. And that's what we talked about last week. He went on to say, the Holy Spirit does not have every believer through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that something to kind of reconcile? I mean, just think about that. When you cross the line of faith and say yes to Jesus in salvation, then all of a sudden, as we talked about last week, the Lord fills us with his Holy Spirit. And begins to transform us and change us. But also, the Holy Spirit wants all of us to surrender to him so that he can have every part of us. Not just a couple hours on Sunday, right? He don't just want visitation. He wants ownership. Write that down on your notes. He wants ownership of our lives. Folks, I can't stress enough. We truly need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. Think about this. It's no accident that in this modern time, the greatest missionary thrust in the world today comes from Pentecostals. The fastest growing segment of Christianity in the world today are Pentecostals. And this is no accident either. Church, we need to understand the nature of this power. And we can best do this by looking again at God's Word. Because the Bible teaches us that we need the power of the Holy Spirit and that God has made available the power of the Holy Spirit for everyone who will ask and receive in faith. And what this is, is the power to be. To be what, you might ask? Write this down. To be witnesses. With the emphasis on those two words, to be. Now, there are three quick things we're going to look at in the next few moments out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And the first one that I want to talk to you about is simply this. That the Holy Spirit is our provision. He's our provision. The very first part of that verse that we read through just a moment ago says, You shall receive what? Groceries? You're going to receive groceries, you're going to receive a car, 
You're going to receive some rings. You're going to receive some Gucci suits and, and, and real nice things. No. None of those things were what the disciples then 2,000 plus years ago needed, and they're not what we need today. We need the power, and that's what was promised. You shall, not you might, not you could possibly, if you're one of the fortunate few who gets your number drawn, you're going to get power. No. Jesus told every single disciple gathered there, and this goes out to everyone who would follow him from that point in time on throughout history until the trumpet blasts again, and we go home to be with him. He said, you shall receive not might, not possibly. It's yours. Turn to somebody and say, it's yours. Yours for the taking. Now, there are two different Greek words for power that we know. One is, is exousia, which is translated authority. We get our English word exertion from this. It has more to do with conferred power. In other words, like I mentioned a moment ago, a business owner hires you as the manager and confers that power upon you, gives you that, that power. To be the boss of those around you. And the other word is called what? What? I thought I heard a rumbling of the correct, what was it? Dunamis. Anybody know what word we use in the English language that derives from dunamis? Dynamite. How many remember that, huh? <laughs> Couldn't help myself. You just got it. It's teed up there. Dynamite, which is explosive. Incredible, overwhelming power. We get our word dynamite from it. It has more to do with power in the sense of ability, explosive ability. So through Jesus, and, and even though he finished all his work, was ready to return to, to glory to prepare that place for us, he knew that those believers and us today were not ready to go out in the world on their own power and strength. How many of you ever tried that? Doesn't work. So he had a plan. He had already given them his authority. We read that earlier in God's word. But now they would need another kind of power. They would need a type of power that literally could transform them. So that they go, could go out and transform the world. Doing any ministry in our own power will never work out. So Jesus here would not permit them to do anything. Instead he instructs them to what? Wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this will empower them the way that they need to be empowered for doing the work that Jesus was leaving them to do. Understand this this morning, church. They needed something more than just authority. They needed transforming power. They were touched. In a good way. You ever say somebody, they're touched. But they were touched in a good way. The very first part of this verse is very clear. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This touch of the Spirit will be a real experience. One that is noticed. The experience of the Holy Spirit is different from salvation. These people had already received the Holy Spirit through salvation. And through when Jesus breathed on them in John chapter 20, verse 22, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But baptism of the Holy Spirit was something apart from salvation. It was extra. Anybody been called extra lately? <laughs> it was more than what they had already received. Now, I tell you, I love chocolate milkshake from Tony's. And it's almost like even though as big as that cup is, it's just not enough. But when my son can't finish his, and he says, Dad, you want the rest? You know what? I get some more at that point, and that's really good. 
not necessarily good for me, but man, it's good on the taste buds. So, so here's what Jesus is saying. He said, you've got the Holy Spirit. When you committed yourself to me, the Holy Spirit came and dwelled inside of you. But now I'm going to give you more. You're going to be extra. <laughs> I love that. Because we desperately need to be extra. We need more. We need, honestly, all we can get of Jesus. Would you, would you agree with that? All we can get of his power, of his ability, of his enablement, of, of everything that he has for us, we need it. So would you, just, would you just pray and ask God right now to give you that? Just whisper that prayer. Just say, Lord, give me everything that you have. Give me more. Let me have all of you that I can possibly get. Listen, some of the greatest men and women of history have recorded this experience in their own lives and the resulting power it gave them. There can be little doubt that Pentecost had a dramatic effect on the early believers and their ability to witness for Jesus Christ and change the world. Their new ability clearly came as a result of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Church, we need this touch of God's Spirit today. We need everything that we can get. This is where they who already had the Holy Spirit would now have the Holy Spirit have them. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit now had them. Number two this morning, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit establishes our position because the second part of verse 8 that talks about there's a real transformation that takes place. Jesus states here that when the Holy Spirit, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they will be or shall be witnesses, whatever version you have. They're going to be witnesses for sure. The emphasis on this passage in these two little words, will be. The transformation of their character is in full view here. They will be dramatically amazingly, incredibly changed. And I don't know about you, but I came to a point in my life a long time ago where I realized I need to be dramatically, incredibly changed because the person I was was not the person that God created me to be. The life I was living was not the life that he designed for me to live. So I came to a point through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit we talked about last week where God said, you need to wake up before it's too late. You need to change your life and you can't do it in your own strength. You need me to come and invade your life. You need the power of my presence and the fullness of my Holy Spirit to come and consume your life to change you from the inside out. And that's when I fell on my knees and cried out, God, change my life because I need you more than I need the next air that I breathe. I need you. Can't do this on my own. And God did his part as I surrendered my life. What's recorded in Acts following this Pentecostal experience is proof positive of the transformation that took place in the lives of these first disciples. These men and women I mean, think about it. How many of you remember when we celebrate Easter? We talk about after, after they, they arrested Jesus that the disciples did what? They scattered. And they also did what? They hid out. Because they were afraid that those who came for him were going to come for them next. And they were going to be the next ones to brought up to die. And so they hid to, to protect their own lives. They were in fear. They were desperately afraid that they were going to die because of following Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden here, just days later, literally, we see something amazing take place in their lives. They had squabbled among themselves. They had hidden out. They were deathly afraid. But now they are united and they are bold and they have a clear sense of mission with power in their lives. 
We referenced it last week, but, but in this occasion, Peter stands up in the midst of the crowd to explain what was happening. And he begins to preach the word of God to them and tell them what's going on. He clearly connects it with scripture, lest the crowd think something bizarre was taking place. And he preaches with new power. And there was a transformed man standing before them, declaring the word of God. And the rest, it says, speaks for the, the new power as well, because at least 3,000 people committed their lives to Jesus Christ on that very day. That was a brand new record for ministry for these disciples. So hear me this morning. The baptism of the Holy Spirit did not make Peter better than the other brothers and sisters in Christ. But here's the key to this. It sure made Peter better than Peter was before. And that is a huge part of the power that the Holy Spirit brings. The baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't make us better than other Christians, but it makes us better than ourselves. Hence the real value of the gift of the Spirit and its power. They looked the same, but they were dramatically different. Even the crowd took notice of the transformation of these followers, and they were asking if these were the same men and women that they had seen before. What a question that is. You ever, you ever met somebody that, that had changed so drastically over the course of, of time from when you knew them before, say five years before, and then you run into them again and you experience them all of a sudden and you're thinking to yourself, that's not the same what? How many of you ever said that? You're just blown away. You're like, I can't even believe. I mean, that is incredible. That is just not the same person that I knew way back when. And that's the same difference that took place in the lives of these first disciples. They looked the same, but they were dramatically different. The transformation is that of the person, not just the tongue. But the tongue is important too. It needs to be transformed. How many of you say, my tongue sure needs some transforming, right? Some change. The words I say, the things I, I declare, the choices I make. It's not just about our vocabulary, our language, it is about total transformation. The emphasis of this verse, again, is on the you will be. It's power to be. Church, charismata without character is not the work of the Holy Spirit of God. God's Spirit works on both with a major emphasis on our character, who we are. Who we are, are in, in private when nobody else is watching, the character of ourselves. That's what the Holy Spirit loves to come and transform and change. Not, not our public image, not who people see us as and, and when we're up on platform or, or, or at our workplace or whatever at school. It, it, you know, that's one image that we love to, to have people notice and, 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 and look like we've got it all together. But what we're talking about here is, is a change of character. Who we are when nobody is around to see us. Paul alludes to this same principle with the Corinthians who had an abundant of manifestations of the Holy Spirit but were lacking in the character of love and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You see, church, the work of the Spirit is to transform and empower us. That's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important for every single believer I don't care what kind of church background you come from. I don't care if y'all grew up and didn't believe this, that, or the other. Listen to me, church. If you grew up in a church that did not believe all of this, every word of God's precious word, 
every piece of this Bible, every part of it that it didn't skip over sections or didn't deny sections or didn't, didn't confess to, to not believe sections and parts and pieces of it, then guess what? They are out of line with who God is. We must be and about and all in on the whole counsel of God's word, every part of it. So that is what the Holy Spirit helps us to do. Because one of his attributes is a tutor, a teacher. He helps us learn and grow and soak in every bit of who God is through his word. It's not, will I be changed or won't I be changed? The Holy Spirit empowers us to be. Just, just write that down if you're taking notes or just let that soak into your heart if you're not. Empowers us to be better than we could ever be on our own and in our own strength. And that should be welcomed by every single believer. To be or not to be, that is the question for all of you literature buffs and, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's, there's no room in this statement from Jesus for guesswork on what the results of being baptized in the Holy Spirit will be. He clearly and emphatically states that they will be witnesses. You know what a witness is, right? Someone who testifies of the truth. Someone who tells their story. Someone who says, yeah, I saw it. I was on the street corner. Had my dog out walking. Just a nice, beautiful day. Was getting out, getting some exercise, some fresh air. I saw the whole thing. That red Camaro came speeding down at 110 miles an hour or somewhere thereabouts. It was really fast. Ran the stop sign and just plowed into that little purple Pinto. It was awful. I saw it. My own two brown eyes. I knew it was bad. That's what a witness does. Tells the truth. Jesus said, we shall be witnesses. No guesswork. That's what we will be in my southern lingo. We're going to be witnesses. When we're full of the Holy Spirit, baptized in his power. So let's ask the question now to all of us. How much witnessing are we doing? Just take the last... Seven days from last Sunday to today, how much witnessing did we do, do on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ? How many people did we tell? How did we live our lives in front of those people? What, what was going on in us witnessing to others around us? A lot? Medium amount? A little? None. I can't answer for you. You can't answer for me. I just want to ask so that we all think through the Holy Spirit's mindset and, and, and see through his lenses, how are we doing with shall be a witness? Not maybe, not possibly, not a select few that, that have been ordained and off to Bible college and, and studied and master's degree. No, uh, everybody who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus. These weren't learned people, these first disciples, with the exception just maybe a couple of them. Luke was a physician, and, and a couple others had, had some kind of education. But most of them, whereas it's described in the Bible several different places, were just ordinary, common people. How many of you relate to that? Like I do. 
And yet the Lord says, when the Holy Spirit comes down, the promise that I will give to you, and he will come and consume you and baptize you and fill you, and he will make you a witness. You're qualified. You're certified. You got all the documentation you need stamped from heaven above. Don't you love that? That's what we get through the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got a testimony just like they had. And what a testimony this power gave these people. Their transformed lives became so evident that the whole community was awed by their testimony of change. As Jerusalem watched these newly empowered saints became a powerful community of believers sharing with each other. Man, I can't tell you what it does to my heart to see when somebody comes to the altar here at this church at Connections that people just rally around them and come and share together and love together and minister to them and pour out with them and cry with them and pray with them. Man, that's community. It's a big part of it. It's caring enough about somebody to say, hey, you've got a burden, you've got a need, you've got something you're bringing to Jesus. I'm going to come down there and we're going to pray through together. And that's exactly the kind of community that was established and developed here in the book of Acts. They were sharing with each other, encouraging one another, serving one another out of a powerful love for each other. All evidence of a true revival that was being birthed. And yes, there were great miracles of healings. Great prophecies, great manifestations of the Spirit in other ways. But nothing gripped the community as much as the testimony of these believers and the change that was in their lives. As wonderful as the miracles were, and they still happen today, what really transforms the world was the testimony of those people who were radically changed by the power of God through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that will change lives today. You can explain away some miracles And many people do. I mean, they're wrong most of the time, but they try. But you can't explain away a true change in somebody's life. Witnessing is not just the work of verbal skill. It is the work of the Holy Spirit of God in the life yielded. And this transformed life speaks loudly to the power of God in our lives. We testify about God not just with our words, but also with our walk. Amen to that, church? This is where the baptism of the Holy Spirit finds its greatest work in the changed lives of those who received this precious gift, not just in the fascinating manifestations that come with it. It is not just what the Holy Spirit does through us. It's also what the Holy Spirit does in us. And Lord, come and do that work in us, every one of us, Lord. The last thing today is this. He assigns our placement. In the last part of verse 8, we see that he says, you're going to be these witnesses, right? Not possibly, but you shall be. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, the last part of this verse stresses how this power will find its tactical expression. First in Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Notice that the impact begins where? If you need some help, it's, it's, it's home. Can you just say that word with me? Home. 
All of a sudden, I'm changed at home. I'm not the same person that I was to my family. I am very different. Even though those old tendencies want to creep back in and, and want to take control again. And, and the responses that I used to give to people and the, the treatment that I used to give to them. That old man wants to show itself again. Guess what? The old man has been crucified with Christ. And I am born again, fresh in him. And the power of the Holy Spirit can help me be different at home. And how many of us have blown that this week? Hands going all up all over the place. But probably I see hands going up through the cameras out there. But I've said it a thousand times in different scenarios. But think about how different home would be if I were different by the Holy Spirit. Think about how different it would be in my family. Where I live, where I spend the majority of my time. What impact would it make? If the Holy Spirit baptized me, immersed me, that's what baptism means. It means you go all the way in. That the ship's in the water and the water's in the ship, as somebody explained it years ago. That I am fully immersed in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Saturating my life. It's oozing out of me. What difference would it make at home? And then when the, the, the Holy Spirit changed me and I was, I was being different at home. I shall be a witness where? At home. I will be that witness. I will testify. I will be different. I will be changed at home. And then I can take it out to, to Judea and to Samaria. In other words, my outer circle is a place where I work, where I go to school, in my neighborhood, in the city across town or wherever else that God would send me and plant me and put me. And then I can take it to the uttermost parts of the earth as God would call me as we saw our precious missionaries give us an update this morning in Honduras. That's an uttermost part of the earth, right? How many of you are hanging out there, right? Uh, not many unless you're going on a cruise ship. But they're there on a battleship. Don't you love that? Fighting the good fight, contending for people in Jesus Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit does. First and foremost, it should make a difference in our homes. God's love should shine forth towards others. Should be a greater desire to serve. Should be a great desire to know God's word. Should be a great humility. Be signs and wonders that would follow and, and be an outflow of that. The first city to be impacted by all this power was Jerusalem. Their changed lives made a great impact on the hometown folks. One part of Acts talks about them seeing them thinking that they were drunk when they came out in the streets. Now, we don't condone that. But we condone being so full of the Holy Spirit that the joy of the Lord. You know, some people look for all the answers in the wrong places. I've done it. You've done it. Many, most of us have done it. The joy and the fullness of life and the contagion of life is only found being connected to the vine and being so full of the Holy Spirit that it just oozes out and just, just gets on everybody. It just spills over. The fullness and the power, the majesty. As they spread out, so did the gospel. The whole world took notice of their lives, not just their worship style. The more they were scattered, the more the power of God revealed itself through their daily lives and daily ministry. And the Lord today still tactically puts Christians in unique places to show the world what a transformed life looks like. 
what a true believer in Jesus Christ. You shall be witnesses. As you close your eyes for just a moment, I want to ask this question. Are you a witness? Are you full of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit in your own heart, your own life? Are you seeing true transformation take place in your life? Are you experiencing that? Are you gaining ground on becoming all that God has called you to be and to do? Let me ask this other question to follow that one up. Have you, because of whatever reason, shied away from the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Have you kind of just kept your distance? Maybe it was a church upbringing that you had that, that said, hey, we, we're, we don't mess with that. that. That's not us. That's not who we are. We don't do that. Whatever the reason may be, have you shied away? Have you been hesitant? Have you held back? Have you said, thanks, but no thanks. I can take care of this myself. I'm, I'm good. I've got my salvation, and, and me and God's going to work it out. But, but you're running on empty. You're missing the power. The Bible says later in the book of Acts, these men and women, these first disciples, the 120 that were gathered in the upper room when Jesus instructed them to go and wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit. These men and women turned the world upside down. So I ask you, Connections Church family, whether you've been here one time or a thousand times, your family, and I ask you that question. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to turn your world upside down so that he can put you in a place to help turn our world upside down? The beautiful part of this is all we have to do is ask and seek. Make ourselves available for all that God is and all that he wants to do in us and through us. And a big part of that is, as we found out, fill us to overflowing with his Holy Spirit and power. So with every eye closed for just another moment, I ask this this morning. If you're in this room or you're watching right now and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and you say, Pastor, I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I realize he is the only way to salvation. As his word declares overwhelmingly, strongly, powerfully. If that's you, can I just see your hand right now all across this room? And you, would you let us know online by commenting or reaching out to us through our website or whatever other venue of communication. We want to know because we want to walk with you and pray with you. Anybody in this room that says, I need Jesus. I, I, maybe you've known him before, but maybe you've walked away. If there's nobody in this room that needs salvation this morning, that you're all saved, then I ask this question. How many of you would say, Pastor, I need to be full of the Holy Spirit? I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want to surrender everything I am. I want Holy Spirit fullness to come and, and just consume my life and overflow me. And I want to be a witness. I want to be somebody who's changed and, and, and not living the same as I always have and not trying to do it on my own. Would you pray for me? Yes, ma'am. How many others would raise your hand and say, yes, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. How many others? Just join these. Yes. Here's what I want to ask. As we get ready to close the service, if you raise your hand, just come and stand with me right here. 
I'm going to be here to meet you. Pastor Scott's going to come. Pastor Joseph, how many of you would just come now? Thank you. Just move. Just move all across this room. Come on. If you raise your hand, maybe you didn't, but you need the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit to come and, and, and change your life from the inside out. Would you just make your way down with these who are coming now? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many, so many that are coming and making that move. Thank you. Tired of struggling? Tired of being up and down? Tired of, tired of being powerless? Tired of just falling short? Would you guys come and just begin to pray and minister? Joseph, would you come over here? It seems like everybody's gathering on this right side. That's great. Yes, Justin. Anybody else that wants to come and be a part of this, just come and begin to pray. Everybody else, stand to your feet. We're going we're gonna to pray, and then we're going to sing and, and worship for, for just a few more moments. Then we're going to do something very special, and that's pray over a special young man. But right now, right now, we're about the business of the Holy Spirit coming and filling our lives. Father, in Jesus' name, we declare it. We pray. We invite. We ask. We, we thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to give us everything that we need. So we pray right now for the power and the fullness of your Holy Spirit to come and invade our hearts and lives. Thank you for these who said yes. Thank you for these who are opening up their lives and saying, Lord, you come and fill me to overflowing. God, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. God, Lord, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, God, with the fullness of your presence, with the manifestation of you, God, changing our character and our nature with miracles, God, with everything. We don't want to limit you in any way, God, but we invite you and your fullness to come and invade us, God, and overflow us, God, and baptize us now in the name of Jesus. God, we know that we can't do this on our own. We know that we need your power, God, your dunamis explosive power invading us, filling us, continuing. That, that word, God, fill means to continue to fill day in and day out, night in and night out, God, every day, God, you continue to pour into our lives, God, your fullness, your glory, and your power, and your presence, God. So, Lord, as we yield ourselves, make ourselves available, God, we thank you that you, you through the Holy Spirit, come and do your great work, just as you did with those first disciples there in the book of Acts, God. That changed all of history, Lord. We want to see our world changed. We want to be vessels. And I pray over everybody in this room, God. If you would, just for a moment, just hold your hands out in front of you. Again, I, I know I asked this last week, but, but I want you to be in a receptive position physically. That's symbolic of what's going on in your life spiritually. And would you just say... Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come and fill me. Come and change me. Come and baptize me. Come and do your great work in my life and through my life. In Jesus' name, I give myself fully and completely today. And God, thank you for your precious gift as we continue to encounter and, Lord, experience all you are in and through our lives. And now, God, we declare in song one more time. This is how we fight our battles in Jesus' name. Sing it out, church. Let him do his work today, complete in you.